Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversation, where we will help you CFP your way out of it. A podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hey, Ben, how are you doing? Adam, Adam Paul Warner, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's like your Friday. Yeah, for me, for in the future, for those listening, yeah, I'm going to be off a couple of days for our big regional race, the oh, bracket man. finals. I don't know what we're going to do without you. Let's hope for I'm, no I mean rain. that. <laughs> yes. And I, for those that don't know you and the racing side, I, you can't just say, and for being fast, but being pinpoint timing, because that's Consistent. how it works, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Consistency and predictability. Well, on behalf Which... of me and the other six listeners, uh, good luck this weekend. <laughs> I know for a fact we have more than six because I've recently heard from a couple of people that I wasn't sure I'd listen to it in the first place. And apparently people do enjoy listening to this. So That's thank great. you and you're welcome and sorry all together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this is, um, I'll let you introduce it, but this is another like behind the scenes when we use a word like whiteboarding, what the heck do we yeah. mean? Like, so yeah. peel back the curtain. Let's do it. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit behind the scenes. Yeah. So we, we use the term whiteboarding and really all that means to us is the strategy before recommendations, like all of the puzzle pieces in someone's financial life, yeah. we throw it up on the whiteboard and we start to play with the variables and start to try to piece things together. Because as we've talked about before, any one decision when it comes to your financial life does not happen in a vacuum. There are those potentially unintended consequences. There's typically dominoes to any one decision. You know, you change your yeah. retirement contributions. What does that mean then for cash flow and withholding and all of that? Like, this is just simple things have all these other little dominoes that go into it. So we're going to talk about yeah that that process and kind of give some examples as to what we mean um by that whiteboarding process because it's just it's so hard i i still feel it like how long have we been doing this together we've been in business you know and we've been doing quote unquote financial planning for gosh getting closer to 20 years but it's just so mm -hmm. hard to quantify what that is so i think a lot of people kind of recognize well there's a program you plug stuff in and it does some math yeah. and then you can tell people what to do um <laughs> I white, white whiteboarding to us is just it's so much the human element on how to use that math or yeah put things in order of what people prioritize to actually be able to answer questions like yeah that that's what i want to focus on today like when we say whiteboarding here's what we mean from a relationship standpoint that allows us to, I think, give the right advice at the right, sorry, compliance, to try to give the right advice at the right time. Yeah, I think I think that one of the last things you said there is is the key component. It's any any program, any any planning program can essentially spit out the best financial thing for you to do, right? Just num numbers and cents. Here's what you should do. But it's the the human side, as you said, and based on someone else's priorities or what gives them peace of mind or comfort can completely reorganize the strategy or potentially change what may work um, because ultimately it could be the best financial advice but if it's not 
something that resonates and actually drives somebody to action, then it's worthless. It means right, absolutely yeah. nothing if they can't do anything with it. So oftentimes, shelf, yeah. yeah, exactly. So oftentimes it's, well, let's just, if it's 80% as good advice, but it actually leads to action, we're at least headed in the right direction. That's the, the realistic side of planning that uh, any action is better than no action, depending, I guess. Um, but yeah, let's, let's kind of go through, are, are we okay to kind of go through some examples or you want to go through some of what, what does it look like and what does it involve? So let's do that. Let's like paint the picture. Like when we say whiteboarding, like it's physically the whiteboard, oh, either yeah, in right. my office, the conference room. And mm -hmm. I want people to picture like you're, you're laying out all the puzzle pieces before you start. Yeah. Or you've heard me articulate this, like picture the detective in your favorite crime scene show and they've got a board and it's all the pictures, all the pieces of evidence, like they're connecting things mm -hmm. with string right they're just they're they're trying to be able to see everything in one spot so they can digest that from different angles so for us yeah. it might be yeah key pieces of data or key pieces about them the timeline um, between now and their goals but what's most important to them what are the questions that we need to be able to answer like mm -hmm. we are putting everything up on the board so that we strategically can start to look at it and say what do we need to prioritize? If we do this, then what? Or well, I shouldn't be taking all these answers. Well, it, no, it, no, gives, no. it gives you and me and Holly the opportunity to kind of start to look at it, not from the math equation, but from a prioritization of what needs to happen and what we need to answer. Yeah, I think I think the, I mean, we often convey the message of planning as, you know, putting somebody's financial puzzle together. So I think that analogy of thinking of, okay, you, you now have a box, all the pieces are randomized. How do you start to build that puzzle? How do you start to build the plan? Usually, right? You start with the edges, get all your flat pieces, right? And yeah. I think from our standpoint, you, you start with the fundamentals, cash flow, cash reserve, all, all of those basics. I, I think there's a lot of parallels um, to that, to the point where maybe the most complex there's different ways to go about it but you can kind of save that for the last puzzle piece that will kind of fall into place when you get everything else kind of oriented um so i so i like that i like that uh analogy here yeah and i think it also the last thing no, i'll say ahead. to that yeah for for as much as we are alike you know and and as much as holly's learned i mean she's mm -hmm. this is the first place that she's worked to do financial planning as much as we all try to think alike we all have different perspectives on looking at it, somebody's situation and going, well, we could approach it this or we could approach it that way. I mean, I can't, mm -hmm. we, we should move into some examples, but I can't emphasize yeah. to listeners enough that there are different ways to solve financial planning questions. Mm -hmm. And not only within our profession, people are you know more apt to suggest this type of thing versus this type of thing. What we're trying to really get better at is literally put everything up there and then look at the situation through that client's shoes. Yeah. Right. If they say, this is what matters most to me, well, then we could recommend these three things, but this is the one we have to prioritize. Cause to your point, we have to be able to get people moving in the right direction, even if it's not the mm -hmm. perfect direction. Right. The stat is out there. 70% of our clients only enact 20% of our advice. That's a really small amount of action that's taken. So this mm -hmm. is our opportunity. And again, let's just get into some examples, but this yeah. is our opportunity 
to try to make sure that we're pushing the right button for somebody and then holding their hand through that process. And I don't think that happens if we just jump into a financial planning tool and go, here's all the data, tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, I know we've talked about this in other podcasts before, but that's why it's so crucial to us, those initial couple of meetings to really ask questions and get to know somebody and try to figure out what those values and those priorities are, because that will absolutely dictate some of the strategy or just, it may eliminate certain options that we would say, yes, this may fit, but if it doesn't fit the emotional side of things, if it's just not a priority for, for that particular client, then it, we, we're, we need to set that aside. So uh, maybe we'll start with like a broad example and then work into some Go. more specifics. Yeah, go for it. Do you have one that pops I, in your mind that's kind of recent? Yeah, I think, or... yeah the, I think the most obvious that we run across frequently is just holding cash and, and sometimes holding for clients, holding, I'll use air quotes, too much cash, right? Ex excess cash at the bank where the, the right thing in the long term may be have just enough cash in the bank, right? For your cash reserve to meet, to meet your needs. But then anything else that is quote unquote excess, invest it. We know you're not going to touch it for a year or two, or I shouldn't say a year or two, for 18 plus months, so two years-ish, then there is some safety in, in trying to play the long game with investments. We know that over long periods of time, the market always goes up. So the right thing is to invest that and get some growth on it. But <laughs> that trade-off for certain people may be, well, but if I, if I know what I have in the bank and I have extra cash, that allows me to sleep at night. That allows me to not worry about, you know, bills or unexpected expenses or something like that. It may allow me to not worry so much about my investments in volatile times because I know I have this safety net yeah. that is my buff in, that is my buffer um, when the market is going haywire. So yeah, that's a perfect example where the right financial thing over time may be to, to invest as much as you possibly can, but holding a little bit extra cash has a lot of additional value besides the actual dollars and cents. Right. So in practice for us, bringing that back to whiteboarding, it may be very simple for us to go, yes, puzzle pieces on the outside, fundamental advice, three to six months of your expenses need to be in cash. So we're going to tell you three months and then we're going to tell you to invest everything different. We're going to put that in the plan and the rest of the plan hinges on, on that. Yeah. When, when we know people come to us at moments of transition, maybe somebody passed away, got a client that's ready to sell a business. We got somebody else yeah. that's looking to, you know, buy a second property. They all have cash and more than we would probably recommend, but they need that. They need <laughs> that on the front end before taking any other steps in the financial plan that we're going to recommend because that's their safety net. So what's yeah. our job in that data gathering process as we're starting the whiteboarding process? How about we just ask the question, what's your comfort zone? How much cash do you really need? How much mm -hmm. is that play to allocate towards your other goals? Right. That's an example of the math may tell us one thing. The program may tell us one thing. Mm -hmm. We got to ask that question on the front end and early in the process so that we can adjust the rest of the plan because of it. Yeah. So I'll let you take this one, but you kind of, you, you just hinted right. at it, right? The idea of, or a recent scenario, client looking to buy a second property and some of those dominoes um, we kind of had to deal with, or we kind of had to address and going, going through that thought process on, they're going to buy a second property. How do we best go about that? Yeah. And you can help me with it because I know you, you know, 
you you were the one that thought of some of these things. So I got to give you credit for that. Our job when somebody's making an adjustment like that, an adjustment to the plan, is to think then, all right, if they're going down this alley, what could what's coming around the corner? What are the unintended consequences of that? Mm-hmm. So in this situation, if you're going to liquidate some money, what does it do to the tax return, right? So yeah, I don't know. Help me out. What were some of those things? So yeah, so I guess we'll I'll 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 take one peel peel back one one other step. They theoretically this client could have sold all of their non-retirement investment account and bought a house outright, not had to worry about a mortgage sure. or any of that stuff. And I know we talked about that in a recent podcast, sim- similar situation. Um so yeah, it's it's the domino effect of we're going to we're going to liquidate some of this investment account, but then what does that mean to te- from the tax standpoint? Are there capital gains? Are there losses that we can use to offset some of those gains at what, depending on what we need to liquidate or how much cash we need to essentially come up with from the investments, what is that going to trigger in terms of taxes? And then you can start to play the, if you give a mouse a cookie game, right? <laughs> so now, now you now you sell some investments, you have some capital gains along with their other income. Is that now going to make them ineligible to contribute to the Roth IRAs as they have been doing the last couple of years? Maybe, but let's be mindful of that. Um, just from a cash flow perspective, they're not going to acquire this other property. There's going to be not only the the cost associated with that, but we need to come up with additional cash flow to help cover this other mortgage and you know the other bills that now come with a second property. That may now mean adjusting what they're saving into their retirement accounts through work. So again, yeah. what are the tax ramifications from that if they were saving from a pre-tax level? Um, it's there's there's all these little variables that are all connected, as you said, with the string on the board, the detective board. Yeah. That you pull you pull you pull one pin out and now that string is is you know connected to something else. Yeah, and I so again, that's I'm glad you went through that because that's a great example of that's affecting one, two, three different parts of their financial plan, right? And I think without us like looking at it through that lens, and again, I'm going to call it whiteboarding without being able to see it from all those different angles. Um, these things probably just would have become problems long, uh, later down the exactly. line. Right. Yes. Yep. So now we got to remove Roth IRA contributions or now we had too much money going towards retirement, not enough cash flow. It, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be proactive. We're trying to look at it. What works best for them? Let's have the conversations and, Again, that whiteboarding exercise, I think, just means we're being thorough, yeah, and checking all the boxes of not only right now but what could happen, unintended consequences, as you called it earlier. Yeah, I think ultimately, uh, obviously, we're biased as planners, but it's much better to be proactive than reactive. And this is just another one of those examples where, yes, had we not considered all these different moving pieces, the the problems don't change. You're just maybe changing how you can deal with them or the time span in which you have to kind of digest and make a decision on how to deal yeah. with it on the back end. Or sometimes by being reactive, you you lose some of that flexibility or you lose some of those options uh, by not you know being proactive on, on the front end to just explore what is possible and let's have the conversation and work through those priorities and try to figure out, here's what's going to work for you. If this is what you're trying to accomplish, like be, these are the trade-offs, let's just talk through it. I kind of like this detective analogy that we're kind of running with here. <laughs> yeah, be curious. So the the other the other recent scenario that was popping into my mind, you know, 
it's somebody that was helping settle an estate, happened to be a beneficiary of um, that estate too. And now, mm-hmm. as we've shared in, in different content or maybe in different podcasts, like the rules of estate liquidation and inherited IRAs, like things have been changing. Mm-hmm. And it forced a conversation with me to just go, okay, the right advice here might be to stretch things out. But what I know of the situation, this person having to deal with the family and support the family for many years, I just had to kind of explore in kind of that whiteboarding way. What does she prioritize here? Like, do we want to continue to stretch out a lot of these distributions, which by the way, is probably the right advice from the accountant and from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's a very emotional perspective here on how long do I want to continue to be tied to the situation that has really drained me in a lot of different ways just yeah. to try to save a couple bucks. Like, am I going to mm-hmm. try to maybe exhaust this in a shorter time frame? And that ended up or is going to end up being the right advice here, even though financially the programs would tell us maybe to handle that a little bit differently. Emotions play a role in this whole whiteboarding experience. Yeah. And that's not to say that, you know, every time somebody feels a certain way is it, it, it means that we just kind of go, go with it. Um, oh, sure. It, we're, we're still going to give the feedback. You know, if, if there's a situation where someone is just accelerating a whole bunch of income and it's going to push them into a higher tax bracket, it's going to be truly detrimental or you know, to their long mess, mess up yeah. Medicare expenses is something right. we had to look into here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to make that clear that, you know, it's, there's certainly the, the human side of it, but oftentimes it, what, I'll bring it back to the, should I pay off my mortgage? I think that's a huge one that we, we hear from a lot of people. And if, you know, that peace of mind of just getting rid of debt and not having the payment, that is, that is worth a lot to a lot of people. But if that comes at the expense of a lot higher taxes, you know, pushing you into higher tax brackets, then we'll talk through that. And at least maybe try to spread that out. As you said, you know, you're not, we're not just going to rip the bandaid and, you know, yes, it's going to feel, feel psychologically good, but until then the taxes are due, that may take away some of that uh, pleasure that was, that was had just getting rid of it. Um, so there are, there are the nuances where sure. um, we, we, we kind of have to work through so that it's, you know, sometimes the, the ultimate answer is just a compromise where the client gets, gets their peace of mind, gets accomplished what they want to accomplish, but it may take two tax years instead of one tax year. Um, just so that it, it, it's, it's kind of the best of all worlds where everybody's happy and it's a decent result from a financial side of things too. Maybe that's a good way to wrap it up. You know, I, I think what we're trying to share here is that the the process is going to include a lot of conversations, and I do not want to ever have people feel like financial planning is just Oz behind the curtain, right? It well, is our job. To them. Yeah, <laughs> that's yes, that's a great way of putting it. What did you like expand on that? What did you mean by well, that? Well, we've we've I've often heard like people being planned upon. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. Here's my question. And then, you know, an advisor or somebody just says, well, here's all the things you got to do and not have any scope of what that actually, yeah. of, of how that person will actually be able to, to work with that information or not. Right. I'm the thought leader. So I'm going to tell you what to do. Go do it. Mm-hmm. We want, we want, and what we're trying to express here in whiteboarding is we want to be the thought partner. Here are the questions that we, we heard you want answered. Here's what we understand you prioritize your statement of financial purpose, what you value is this. Now it's our job to work within that framework, going back to your puzzle analogy, 
And us sharing this today, whiteboarding, is just to help kind of quantify our work, the thought process, mm -hmm. the teamwork, the perspective. Um, and we want everyone to be a part of that when we are planning with them. We're a thought partner. Yes. Not to plan upon them, not to just be a thought leader. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well said. So there you go. A little behind the scenes. How is our detective work done? Yeah. I'm going to lean into this, man. Detective work. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I I often I often feel like, you know, I'm a, a not a forensic accountant, but you know, when when people give us data, like I'm just I'm I'm looking for nuggets of information. Oh, look at the look at the statement, and there's a piece of activity. Oh, that stood out to me. Make a note on it, right? It is it is a little bit of a detective work, um, you know, going through the planning process. So would we would we need the the copyrights to like have our exit music for the podcast here be like that? CSI law and order. song or oh. what with Law and Order. Yes, <laughs> Law and Order. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> dun, dun. Yeah, we don't want to get sued. All right. We don't want to get sued by <laughs> that N N NBC. Oh. Look, good luck right. this weekend. Thank, Thank you, you for your insight on whiteboarding and uh, catch you next time. All right. Bye. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.